The following broadcast is brought to you by Sons of God International and Freedom Fellowship Church. Hello, and welcome to the prophetic voice of our time, where we focus on the voice of prophecy, which is the testimony of Jesus Christ. Our host, Christina Sasso, is a senior pastor at Freedom Fellowship Church. Let's hear what she has to say to the body of Christ. Hello, thank you for tuning in. This is Joshua Sasso with Freedom Fellowship Church and Sons of God Ministries International. And you are listening to the prophetic voice of our time. For those of you that have been following us, you would know that just this past week at Freedom Fellowship Church, we just celebrated Pentecost Sunday in honor of the time when the Holy Spirit came in on the 120 in the upper room and infilled them with the Holy Spirit. And it was truly a momentous occasion where we got to spend time outside dancing before Jesus, singing praises, and decreeing and declaring the Word of God over San Antonio and the surrounding area. So it was really something amazing. And these are the kinds of things that we ought to be celebrating with Christ. And you know that as we honor and we celebrate God, He really cherishes those moments. And so, for all of us at Freedom Fellowship Church, I know that this is the beginning of a turning point for us in this body as God is preparing to take us to a higher level, a higher level of His anointing, a higher level of the supernatural with Christ. Because God has said many, many times that He intends to bring a move of God here to America the likes of which we have never seen in the history of the church. So, we should take God at his word. Amen. I'm so excited to see what God is going to do here in the earth as we, the church, obey him. So, the important thing that we have to remember, God intends to bring a move the likes of which we've never seen. He intends to put the body of Christ in authority with influence and affluence. Okay, because we are going to transform culture for generation after generation. Now, something that's going to come out of this is that as God is preparing us to step into that place of authority, right? So he has many things that he's promised us. He is going to outline the plan that we are to adhere to. Okay, and God can be very specific with these plans because understand Say if God were to promote us, say if the church were to get influence similar to that of Jeff Bezos, of Mark Zuckerberg, right, where they have so many resources, so much influence, right, where they can tell anybody that's under them to do whatever and they'll they'll obey because they have all this influence and authority. Something that is so important is that as God intends for the church to step into authority, We have to be a church that will think like God, have the heart of God, and submit to his will. Christ Jesus said, I only do what I see my father doing, and I only say what I hear my father saying. Right? Jesus didn't go a single day without being led by God. Everywhere he went, it was ordained by God. We need to do that. We cannot do things our own way. God is going to be the one who is going to come up with the plan that we have to stick to. He's going to be the one that's going to give you the vision that you are going to implement through your obedience. In Exodus chapter 24, verse 12, 
It says, The Lord said to Moses, Come up to me on the mountain and stay here, and I will give you the tablets of stone with the law and the commandments I have written for their instruction. Okay, so this is something that's amazing because God is inviting Moses to come up and dwell in his presence, right? He's inviting him into his presence. And in his presence, Moses is going to receive all the instructions that the people of God are to follow and obey. Okay, so then Moses set out with Joshua, his aide, and Moses went up on the mountain of God. He said to the elders, wait here for us until we come back to you. Aaron and her are with you. Anyone involved in a dispute can go to them. When Moses went up on the mountain, the cloud covered it, and the glory of the Lord settled on Mount Sinai. For six days the cloud covered the mountain, and on the seventh day the Lord called to Moses from within the cloud. To the Israelites, the glory of the Lord looked like a consuming fire on the top of the mountain. Just imagine how amazing something like this would be. I mean, here, the thick presence of God is completely covering this mountain, and it looks like fire from the distance, okay? This is really something supernatural that the people of God were witnessing, and Moses and Joshua are right in the middle of it, okay? That is something that is so amazing that they're going right into the presence of God. Verse 18, it says, Then Moses entered the cloud as he went up on the mountain, and he stayed on the mountain forty days and forty nights. So for more than a month, Moses was sitting in the thick, all-consuming presence of God. And he was just surrounded by the cloud of God's glory. That is something that is so amazing. And that is something that we as the church, we should be striving for that to where we enter into the holy place. We enter into the presence of God and we witness the cloud of God's glory that we can enter into it. Okay, that's something that we should strive for. And I guarantee you, if you really lay aside your own agendas, your own things, and you decide that I'm going to pursue God vigorously, passionately pursue God, God cannot help himself but to reveal himself to his people. Those that really love him, those that really chase after him and pursue him, he's going to draw near to you. That's why the scripture says, draw near to me and I will draw near to you. Okay, so God let out this invitation, right? He told Moses, come up to the mountain, come into my presence, enter into this holy place, dwell in my glory, and then I'm going to give you the instructions and the commandments that my people are supposed to follow. And this is where Moses, he got such detailed instructions from God. And those of us that are going into the business realm, those of us wherever God is sending you, that is where you're going to get the direction from God that you need is by dwelling in his presence. Because it's amazing. So during that 40 days and 40 nights, the scripture goes chapter after chapter after chapter where the Lord very specifically outlines how the tabernacle is going to be set up, how the tent of meeting is going to be set up, how they're supposed to wash their hands, the kind of garments they're supposed to wear. I mean, God outlines how they're supposed to collect the offerings, you know, where the money is going to come from to build the tabernacle. 
God gives blueprints for the plans of the Ark of the Covenant in Exodus chapter 25, and it's really detailed. Exodus chapter 25, verses 10 through 22, it says, Have them make an ark of acacia wood, two and a half cubics long, and a cubic and a half wide, and a cubic and a half high. Okay, so he's got specific dimensions and materials. Overlay it with pure gold, both inside and out, and make a gold molding around it. Cast four gold rings for it and fasten them to its four feet with two rings on one side and two rings on the other. Then make poles of acacia wood and overlay them with gold. Insert the poles into the rings of the sides of the ark to carry it. The poles are to remain in the rings of the ark. They are not to be removed. Then put in the ark the tablets of the covenant of the law which I will give you. Make an atonement cover of pure gold, two and a half cubics long and a cubic and a half wide. Make two cherubim out of hammered gold at the ends of the cover. Make one cherub on one end and a second cherub on the other. Make the cherubim of one piece with the cover at the two ends. The cherubim are to have their wings spread upwards, overshadowing the cover with them. The cherubim are to face each other towards the cover. Place the cover on top of the ark and put in the ark the tablets of the covenant of the law which I will give you. There above the cover, between the two cherubim that are over the Ark of the Covenant law, I will meet with you and give you all my commandments for the Israelites. See, look at how specific these instructions are. He outlines dimensions, materials, designs, fabrics, colors. Everything is outlined. It's so detailed, okay? And if you're feeling like, you know, I don't know what the next step is. You know, if you're struggling to make a decision, if you don't know where you're supposed to go, if you don't have the plan from heaven yet, you got to get into the presence of God. So God continues to outline all of these instructions for Moses. He tells him about this table that they're going to make of acacia wood. He gives instructions concerning how they're going to make the lampstand. Gives instructions concerning the tabernacle and what that's supposed to look like plans for the altar and how they're supposed to receive burnt offerings, all these procedures that go into it. He gives them the blueprints for the courtyard, plans for the oil to be used in the lampstand, and the mixture that the oil is supposed to have. He gives them plans for what kind of garments the priests are supposed to wear. And listen to how intricate this ephod is that the priests are supposed to wear, okay? Because the priests, they had a certain elements of garments that they were supposed to wear. They had a breastplate, an ephod, certain linens of undergarments that they were supposed to wear. For the ephod, it says in Exodus chapter 28, it says, make the ephod of gold and of blue, purple, and scarlet yarn and of finely twisted linen, the work of skilled hands. It is to have two shoulder pieces attached to the two of its corners so it can be fastened. Its skillfully woven waistband is to be like it, of one piece, and the ephod, and made it with gold, and with blue, purple, and scarlet yarn, and with finely twisted linen. Take two onyx stones and engrave on them the names of the sons of Israel in the order of their birth, six names on one stone, and the remaining six on the other. Okay, so now we've got, you know, jewelry making and engraving here. Okay, so now we have seamstresses, gem makers, right, craftsmen, 
engraving, all of these different trades are being factored in, and they're supposed to be skillfully made. Engrave the names of the sons of Israel on the two stones the way a gem cutter engraves a seal. Then mount the stones in a gold filigree setting and fasten them on the shoulder pieces of the ephod as memorial stones for the sons of Israel. Aaron is to bear the names on his shoulder as a memorial before the Lord. Make gold filigree settings and two braided chains of pure gold like a rope and attach the chains to the settings. Now notice how intricate and really how extravagant these things are, okay? The kinds of plans that God ends up putting together, they end up being something that will set a standard for industries and nations to follow, where it really is something excellent in every area. Because he's God, right? I mean, he's the God of the heavens. Okay, so of course, his plans are going to be excellent. Of course, the things that are going to be offered to him have to be excellent, right? Because that's what he deserves. The amazing thing is that God even specifies to Moses the kind of undergarments that the priests are supposed to wear. Okay, so if you think God isn't into details, I mean, listen to this. It says in Exodus chapter 28, verses 42 and 43, it says, Make linen undergarments as a covering for the body, reaching from the waist to the thigh. Aaron and his sons must wear them whenever they enter the tent of meeting or approach the altar to minister in the holy place so that they will not incur guilt and die. God even told them the kind of underwear they're supposed to wear, okay? So he's really into details. So he continues, and he talks about how the priests are supposed to be consecrated. He talks about the altar of incense and what the incense is supposed to look like. He talks about the atonement money and where that's supposed to come from and how they're supposed to manage it. He talks about how they're supposed to wash their hands before going into the Holy of Holies and before they enter the temple. He talks about the anointing oil and the kinds of herbs and spices that are supposed to be mixed into it. He even tells them the kind of incense that they're supposed to use. And I really want you to listen to this part because it's really amazing. Because something that God did is not only did he tell them a specific mixture to make a certain perfume or scent, but God even said, and this specific incense, you're supposed to set it aside just for me and only use it just for me. It says in Exodus chapter 30, verses 34 through 38. Then the Lord said to Moses, Take fragrant spices, gum resin, onichah, and galbanum, and pure frankincense, all in equal amounts, and make a fragrant blend of incense, the work of a perfumer. It is to be salted and pure and sacred. Grind some of it to powder and place it in front of the Ark of the Covenant law in the tent of meeting where I will meet with you. It shall be most holy to you. Do not make any incense with this formula for yourselves. Consider it holy to the Lord. Whoever makes incense like it to enjoy its fragrance must be cut off from their people. So God said, look, you can take any perfume, you can take any scents that you want and use it all for your own pleasure. But this specific perfume, I want you to set aside for me. And I thought that that was something that was so cool concerning these instructions he gave Moses. Because sometimes God will ask us, he says, hey, I want you to set this aside for me. This is going to be holy and this is going to be an offering for me. And that is something that is so amazing that God even said, he said, look, you can have all these other scents, you can have all these other perfumes, but I want this one to be mine. 
So the incense that God gave Moses, he gave them the formula, the ingredients, and then he instructed them to set it aside as holy unto God. Now we've seen here that God has given a lot of instructions concerning how they're going to build things, what ingredients they're going to use, what materials they're going to use, the blueprints, the kinds of procedures that they're going to have. Okay, it's very detailed, but God doesn't stop there. Afterwards, God even outlines who's going to work on the project. It says in Exodus chapter 31, and I'm reading in the NIV version, it says, Then the Lord said to Moses, See, I have chosen Bezalel, son of Uri, the son of Hur, of the tribe of Judah, and I have filled him with the Spirit of God, with wisdom and understanding, with knowledge, and with all kinds of skills, to make artistic designs for work in gold, silver, and bronze, to cut and set stones, to work in wood, and to engage in all kinds of crafts. Moreover, I have appointed Aholiab, son of Ahisamech, of the tribe of Dan, to help him. Also, I have given ability to all skilled workers to make everything I have commanded you. And then he lists all the things, the tent of meeting, the Ark of the Covenant of the Law, the table and its articles, the gold lampstand and its accessories, the altar of incense, all of these things. And he says, they are to make them just as I commanded you. Okay, so God in this, he gave Moses the vision for what was going to be built. He gave Moses the vision for how they were going to build it, what materials they were going to build it with, how it was going to be designed and implemented. He gave instructions concerning the procedures, how they're going to manage some of the money, how they're going to get the money, cleansing rituals. And he even gave instructions for who was going to work on the project, who was going to manage the project and build all these things. Okay, And Moses got all of these instructions when he entered the marvelous presence of God. When he was in that cloud up on the mountain, in the glory of God, that is when Moses got all of these detailed instructions. Okay, And then Exodus chapter 31, verse 18, and this is such an amazing image. It says, When the Lord finished speaking to Moses on Mount Sinai, he gave him the two tablets of the covenant law, the tablets of stone inscribed by the finger of God. So here are a series of tablets with laws and instructions that God himself wrote. You see, the mission that God is taking us on, it's not a vision of our own making. It's not a plan that we concocted in our own mind. And where we get into trouble is we try to implement our own plans. But to become truly fruitful and really step into the supernatural that God has for us, we need to enter God's presence. And in doing that, God will provide the vision. He will provide the plans. He's going to show you how to build it. And he's going to show you who's going to work on it and how you're going to manage them. Okay, God is the one who's going to create the vision and equip you to fulfill it. And that's what we have to remember. It's through him. In John 15, verses 4 through 8, it says, and this is Jesus talking. He said, remain in me as I also remain in you. No branch can bear fruit by itself. 
it must remain in the vine, neither can you bear fruit unless you remain in me. I am the vine, you are the branches. If you remain in me and I in you, you will bear much fruit. Apart from me, you can do nothing. I want you to think about that. We can't do anything unless it's within Jesus. If you do not remain in me, you are like a branch that is thrown away and withers. Such branches are picked up, thrown into the fire, and burned. But if you remain in me and my words remain in you, ask whatever you wish and it will be done for you. This is to my Father's glory that you will bear much fruit, showing yourselves to be my disciples. Okay? So we're the branches. Jesus is the vine, which means that everything comes downstream from Jesus, right? All the branches get their nutrition, they get their water, all of it they get from the vine, okay? Which means if you feel like you've been frustrated pounding away at these plans you've been trying to do, it could very well be because you're trying to do it in your own strength, you're trying to do it in your own understanding rather than getting the vision from God, getting the direction from God, okay? We truly need that divine inspiration. And I really love that word inspiration. We often talk about how the word of God, the Bible is the inspired word of God, right? It was inspired by the Holy Spirit. And when we say that, what do we mean? We mean that what the people who wrote the Bible wrote did not come about by their own will, right? The Holy Spirit guided them. The Holy Spirit inspired them. And something that's really cool is that when you look at the original meaning of the word inspiration or inspired, if you go back to what ancient people thought of when they thought of somebody being inspired or something being inspired, what the original meaning meant was God breathed. When they say, wow, this is truly an inspired work, they're saying, this is a God-breathed work. There's something divine. There's something supernatural. There's something transcendent about what has happened here. And even artists today, when they think of inspiration, they know that it's something that comes from outside of yourself, right? You have to find inspiration. You have to seek it out, okay? So I encourage you now, now that we know this, everything that we as Christians should do should be God-breathed. God inspired. Where when we speak out, we're getting words from the Holy Spirit. When we do a job, when we start a business or run a business, we're getting a direction from the Holy Spirit. Everywhere we go, everything we do, we're getting it downstream from the vine, which is Christ Jesus. Okay? He's the vine, we're the branches, and it's time that we submit to Him and pursue Him. But I'm running out of time, so I really hope that you implement this. Get into God's presence. God invited Moses up. He said, hey, come into my presence. Come up on the mountain. Spend this time with me, and I'm going to give you the instructions that you need to go into the promised land and live life the way that I have planned for you to do it. Okay, And God has a great promised land that is lying just around the corner for us in the body of Christ. We just need to obey God and be in that generation that's really going to spend the time with God and get the vision from Him, get the instructions from Him, and obey and implement. We're in the implementation season today, 
And I know that many of you that are listening to my voice, you are doers of the word. You are not just hearers of the word. You're not just going to be spectators, but you're going to put your faith in action in Jesus's name. That is what I truly believe. And I'm so excited to see what God is going to do in this season with the church today, obeying God. Because today, if you hear his voice, harden not your heart. So I want to thank you so much for tuning in. Again, my name is Pastor Joshua Sasso with Freedom Fellowship Church and Sons of God Ministries International. And as always, if you enjoyed this broadcast and you want to support us, we are supported by listeners just like you. And you can go to our website, SOGMI.org. Again, that is SOGMI.org and click the donate button to support this ministry. And you can also subscribe to this broadcast. You can catch previous episodes of this broadcast. We are on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Amazon Music, all that great stuff. Just search for the prophetic voice of our time and subscribe today. I encourage all of you, let us obey God and make him proud. So I want to thank you so much for tuning in. Until next time, God bless you. Thanks for tuning in. You've been listening to the prophetic voice of our time. We really hope you were blessed by today's episode. And if you were, we want to hear from you. You can call us at 210-695-1630. Or you can email us at sogmi at outlook.com. That's S-O-G-M-I at outlook.com. And we really encourage you to visit our website, sogmi.org. That is S-O-G-M-I dot That's where you can listen to previous episodes of this podcast and even support this podcast. We're supported by listeners just like you. So if you want to support this ministry, you can go to SOGMI.org and hit the donate button. You can also send a check to P.O. Box 1579, Lotus, Texas 78023. Again, that is P.O. Box 1579, Lotus, Texas 78023.